episode 276, Into the Spider-Verse Review. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to Level 7. I'm Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here to talk about a movie that is not MCU. And uh, I guess technically speaking, this episode may not be canon for Welcome to Level 7 because I'm speaking to someone who is not Samantha, not Stuart, not Daniel. I'm actually got an actual guest on right now, and that is Chad, Chad Bokelman. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, man. How's how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. So Chad and I do have some podcasting experience, and you were on a Daredevil episode for Welcome to Level Seven, right? No, no? Uh, Agents of Shield. Oh, it was the Agents of Shield episode. Yeah, and in uh, uh, season four, uh, I've actually re-listened to that episode recently because oh, okay. I was going back and cataloging all of our guest appearances on various shows, and I think it was "Let Me Stand Next to Your Fire" was the uh, okay episode title. <laughs> all right, why well, I. I that was a long time ago. It was a really good season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> and uh, so you're here <laughs> partially because I intended to bring you on to do a Venom episode. And then when Venom happened, it just didn't happen as an episode here. Uh, we did a post credit. We talked about, is it MCU? And uh, so that didn't happen. But Into the Spider-Verse happened. And Stuart and Samantha still haven't seen it. We need to do an episode about it before Runaways drops and Runaways is dropping like this weekend. And so I thought, hey, this is the opportunity, first of all, to get someone who knows his stuff to talk about the stuff, but then also maybe to go back and talk about Venom a little bit, too. <laughs> so, hey, Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, Venom, Venom comes out on uh, Tuesday on Blu-ray. That's right. I, I saw a review for the 4K, I think. 4k blu-ray whatever it is uh that said it's really looks really really good um but it doesn't fix a lot of problems you might have with the movie but if you um it especially fixes not fixes but you get to appreciate even more the uh the movement of venom the the right. uh, just this kind of oil slicky kind of uh sentient oil slick movement that they gave him so yeah, little, little tendrils leaping off here and there and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So first of all, why, <laughs> um, are you a big fan of Venom, the character? <laughs> okay. So yeah, yes and no, I can't sit here and claim to have read everything, but okay. Venom is, Venom is one of those characters who for some reason, uh, I just I just gravitate towards, and I, I, this is something I've actually like sort of realized within myself uh, over the past few years about the characters that I enjoy. You know, I I, I love Green Lantern, I love Ragman, I love <clears throat> obviously Venom. If you think about these various characters, there's one common thread: the power isn't something they have that, that they inherit; they they just have within them. It's something that happens to them. For Eddie, it's the symbiote. For Ragman, it's the suit of souls. For Green Lantern, it's the ring. Like, these are just average people given these extraordinary things, um, either by accident or by sheer force of will or 
in the case of Ragman through just lineage, like there, for some reason, I just like the idea of the average person being given this great power. So, uh, yeah, I just that's that's something that's always connected with me. Venom is I, I, I agree with a lot of people with his early stuff. You know, um, you can sit there and say he was maybe aimless or maybe they didn't know quite know what to do with him or he became really big. And then uh, they just because comics is comics, whenever something is huge, they got to do it to death the same way, you know. Doomsday was something huge for DC, <laughs> and then all of a sudden Doomsday started showing up everywhere, and now it's like, is Doomsday really even a threat anymore? Sort of a thing. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I don't I don't know why because I can't sit here and point to one story over another as being just like the most amazing Venom stuff. Of, of course, like the current stuff, the Donny Cates run is awesome. Um, you can point to the Rick Remender stuff when Flash Thompson was was wearing the suit, and that was uh, really interesting and cool. So I read some of that. That was really good. Oh I, yeah, I really absolutely. enjoyed that. Um, so, but, but yeah, the, the Venom has just always been this. Uh, I don't know this 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 dark shadow with uh, aspirations of heroism that I've I've really enjoyed kind of following and seeing the various wrinkles that they uh, explore with that. And did you enjoy the movie then? I did. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was championing that movie. So, but, uh, you know, I think part of it, uh, if I'm going to be honest, part of it was probably just going in and going, will it be better than Venom was in Spider-Man 3? Yes, then it wins. <laughs> <laughs> you're not setting the bar real high there. No, but, you're not. Um, but, but it was extremely enjoyable. And there's sort of a parallel to like – in a way, to why Venom succeeded and why I, th- I think Spider Verse is succeeding. That we'll get into once we get into Spider Verse talk. Yeah, yeah. So I and, and I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed Venom. It's not something I'm going to run back to, and I'm, I'm certainly not going to purchase it uh, at regular price on on Blu-ray or whatever. But um, I did I did enjoy myself more, a lot more than I thought I was going to, uh, even though the movie wasn't what I expected it to be. And then I think. I'm probably not the only person who thought that because it made a lot of money. Mm. It made a lot yeah. of money. They were not expecting that. So um, we got a sequel. I'm sure going to be coming and get announced see, soon. But see, the, the the problem with the sequel the, the the sequel is that post credit scene. Like, if they're going to do that, how do you? Can we say that what that is? Or I mean, uh, I I don't even remember what it was. But oh the, oh, oh oh yeah, with the. Yeah, the the tease to another Venom related character. Yeah. Okay. If they're going to do that, how do they do that without making it rated R? And has there ever been a movie, PG 13, that has made this much money where they do the sequel and then they make the sequel rated R? If you do the, if if, if you make it rated R, aren't you losing some of the audience that initially got you that? billions of dollars yeah so yeah. i can't think of too many franchises that went there though right uh i i guess alien versus predator comes to mind where the first one actually made some money and the second one they said well we're going to course correct because people were upset about the pg-13 it wasn't gory enough and then it didn't make as much money <laughs> i'm just i'm yeah. just saying can you do that post credits thing without making it rated r hmm. i think you could but it'd be difficult yeah, and it might feel it might feel neutered. 
Uh, That's I, my I was concern waiting, too. I, I was thinking there'd be an R-rated cut of, of this movie. It felt like they just cut away a lot of times and that maybe they didn't finish the, the graphics to do it. But um, I, that, that was probably my biggest complaint about Venom was it felt like there was a much longer movie, but they were slicing and dicing. Yeah, I can I can see that because I, I think my the, the one of the big complaints I see about the movie, if anyone's going to give it criticism, is one I actually agree with, which is the fact that the first what, do, what would you say, 20, 30 minutes of it, it just seems so slow compared to the rest of the film. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, and part of that's because it's an origin story and that's before yep. he gets the power, you know, and that's true. So they're setting up all the character stuff that's going to pay <laughs> off later. Yeah, but okay. So that's Sony, Sony making the movie on their own without uh, Marvel, without Kevin Feige, without Tom Holland as Spider Man, without any kind of Spider Man. I mean, they could have <laughs> really, strictly speaking, they could have brought in you know Matthew Garfield. Is Matthew Garfield uh, Andrew Andrew Garfield? They could they could have brought him in uh, to be a Spider Man. That would have been interesting. But I mean, legally, they probably couldn't because. The live action Spider Man, you don't want too many different actors, you know, doing the same thing. Even though, it, I mean, the DC does it, you know, they had two different, but it was TV Flash and Movie Flash happening at the same time with Justice League. But, right. Um, yeah. And, and, and to their credit, they made Venom work without Spider Man. That was a concern and it worked. I, I felt yeah, like it. Yeah. That was definitely one of the main concerns going into it. Is it like, I, if, if, if we're not getting the black suit Spidey origin out of all of this and, you know, the, the classic bell tower scene and all that stuff, mm-hmm. then, then, then I don't care. And it's just like, you know, that's that I, I can kind of see where you're coming from, but you do know that there's been decades now yeah. <laughs> of yeah. Venom stories where Venom is standing on his own and there's only like the occasional Spider-Man appearance in those. So, <laughs> yeah, the, the core of the character has developed be, far beyond being a, a Spider-Man villain right and yeah and so they they bring in eddie and he does his thing and even though it's not really comic book eddie uh, from what i remember of reading like early mcfarland stuff but uh yeah i okay so that's venom and it's it's sony they're doing their thing they're doing their spider-man their spider-man cinematic universe without spider-man you know which yeah can they do it? Well, we'll find out. Venom worked, but who knows what Morbius is going to be like. We'll see. <laughs> I can't believe that's happening. But Is it still hey. Jared Leto attached to that? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't know if they've started shooting anything, but he's still the, the guy that they're attached to it. And yeah, <laughs> so you've got Morbius. You've got, um, you know, these Black other. Black and Silver Sable, yeah, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Black and Silver, I think they're calling that. Right. Uh, and all these weird things that will they work without spider-man sure they can make they can work without spider-man you know steel was not a great movie but they at least made it work without superman you know and so here you have the same thing here but then you also have this animated thing happening with into Mm -hmm. the spider-verse which is also sony and so is it mcu no it is not uh, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about it spoiler free right now and just give vague impressions. Um, 
uh, as to like what we thought about the movie. Uh, and then we're going to play the spoiler organ and we're going to talk about it with full spoilers on because there's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. And it's just, well, I'm, I'm going to throw it over to you. I had a lot of fun with that movie. Uh, and I'm assuming since you jumped on the chance to talk about it with me, that, that you <laughs> like the movie too. So it's, it's all about you, Ben, quite honestly. I just, you did, who cares? I just wanted oh, to okay. talk to my buddy, Ben. That's all it was. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, <laughs> <laughs> so no, you hated I, the movie, I, is what I'm hearing now. <laughs> no, no, no. I, uh, I I loved this movie when when Venom came out, uh, and, and it started just like all these articles just started coming out one after the other, just breaking these records and still going strong despite other films releasing and stuff like that. I was just man, I was harping on it. I was like, I called it, I called it this whole time. I told you you had to have faith in this movie, and it was going to work. Uh, and um, you know, I, that's something I wanted to brag about. I was, <laughs> mo, I was not the same way with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, but I did, uh, you know, we, we over the, uh, on, on my podcast, the lantern cast, we, we do this thing every, at the beginning of the year, the top five movies we're looking for in the coming year. Um, and into the Spider-Verse was one of them because I read Spider-Verse as it was coming out. That was something I was inherently interested in like from the moment they solicited that story. Um, so I was reading it, getting, I mean, getting every tie in all these books. Um, so I was there for like the first appearance of spider Gwen, which I still own, you know, mm-hmm. like these, these are the things I enjoyed uh, about it. You know, I've, I've got an action figure now, spider punk, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff, stuff like that. Um, so I was telling, you know, just from that experience, I was saying, look, I don't know if it's going to be like the biggest movie of the year, but I'll say this. It's going to be bigger than people expect and way more impressive than people expect. And I, I, from the reactions I'm seeing from fellow geeks online, I I'd say that that's, that's a win. I called that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I have a friend who he got, he got to see an early showing and he texted me right away and he's just, this is the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. One of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. And I'm just, wait, what? It's, uh, <laughs> I can get it, best Spider-Man movie because while there's some good Spider-Man movies, um, there, it, I, it's not too hard to, uh, to crack that, but best superhero movies. What? And he's not necessarily wrong. I mean, it's up there. It's extreme. Like it's, it's extremely well done. Uh, we're not going to obviously we're not, we're not getting into the spoilers, but there's there's this feel to it. And there there's this way this I mean, it, it's this this part's not a spoiler, but there's the, the multiverse aspect of it because of that theme in this. You get this really cool story while also be being like so very clearly comic booky mm-hmm. uh, and, and they lean into that and it, and, it, and it's not weird kind of like and, and i'm not making judgments on this film because i know some people like the aspects of it but it's not comic book weird like some of the moments in like the angley hulk you know so it's just it's it, it's done so well and you know there have been a lot of people saying for a long time that you know, okay, we've got Peter Parker again and again and again and again over these films. We need a Miles Morales. And 
And, you know, it would just be the, the most amazing story. And we got probably the best Miles Morales. Like, I, don't, I can't think of them doing a live action Miles Morales that could have done better than this. No, no. Now, when they were first talking about Spider-Man coming into the MCU, one of the things I wanted them to do, and, and this is not because they're all the best, but because they're good. I wanted them to bring in, bring in Tobey Maguire as an aging Peter Parker now, you know, 10 years later and, and actually have him die in the Spider-Man MCU movie. So, but you have this history with him already. You have those three movies where, and, and then retroactively those will become MCU movies, but uh, have him die and, and have live action Miles Morales. And, and basically that's, you know, this movie has all those, those elements of, Miles Morales becoming Spider-Man and and meeting, you know, Peter Parker from another universe and getting mentored and all the, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is, this is, this is close. And I, it, actually they had talked about bringing in Tobey Maguire to do, to voice one of the, the Peter Parkers. And then right. they said, no, we want this stand on its, on its own, which is why we also don't have Tom Holland as, as a Spider-Man in this movie. And that's where, is this MCU? No, but it could because, <laughs> By for his very the, nature, it's a multiverse movie. Right. So. For the sequel, they could bring in Tom Holland, MCU, Spider-Man, and then we are now in a world where the MCU exists in a multiverse, and and this this movie would be a part of that multiverse. And eh, it's possible. It's possible. But, um, yeah, so how would you rank this, then, against other Spider-Man movies? See, this is this is hard for me because I could backpedal on this later. I, I'm going to put it as number one. Uh, I I saw it, you know, as we record this yesterday, and I saw it first thing in the morning uh, because I had other plans and I wanted to make sure I wanted to make sure I saw it. Um, and uh, maybe I'm just still riding that high of that film, but it's just like I, I get it. I get the praise for Spider-Man Two uh, and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and I and I, I you know. To, to me, I really also enjoy The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, and it may not be the best plot-wise or whatever, but that that's one of those movies I remember. Might have been one of the first movies I got on Blu-ray when I started like moving over to the Blu-ray format instead of DVD. And I had a nice new TV, and I put it on. I was just like, man, it's just visually it looks so awesome. I mean, just, just, it's such, this, just it's such a crisp, amazing, colorful fun movie to see it like it's a good popcorn flick and i just mm-hmm. i can't fault it for that and then of course homecoming is its own sort of animal different than, than what's come before but still this distinctly the spider-man film but i i didn't walk out out of any of those movies going wow did they get it just top to bottom did they just did they just get it and out of i walked out of this movie with a huge grin on my face yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I feel like and that's part of why we're giving the, a whole episode to this movie. Uh, we've we've done some whole episodes for other movies that aren't MCU, but uh, this one is so good. And I, I think this is possibly the best Spider-Man movie ever. Part of that is because of the way that they use um, the multiverse. So you have other versions of the Spider-Man character involved. But um, yeah, Spider-Man 2 is a great movie. Homecoming is is great a homecoming. I, I did walk out of and just think they nailed it. They nailed it. They got a teenage Peter Parker and that's important to me. 
you know, if you're going to use Peter Parker, then I want to see an actual guy who he may not be an actual teenager, but he looks like one. <laughs> and and <laughs> with uh, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, there were there was some not so teenagery moments as far as just just their their face, you know. Um, and so I feel like uh, Homecoming nailed the the high school life and nailed the the whole idea of here's a villain who is actually a part of his life and you know what what greater villain could you have than your girlfriend's dad you know i mean uh green goblin works you know it's it's best friend's dad but girlfriend's dad i mean that's that's great there's some great metaphor there um but this movie and uh, and actually, I don't I, I don't know why I didn't name him J.S. Earls, who did the theme song actually for this this podcast for the the Agents of Shield the movies um, that we when we use that music. Um, he's the one who said like this is one of the best superhero movies he's ever seen, and I would say it's up there. It's up there in the top ten. I don't know where I would put it in the top ten because that's yeah. Tough, there's just there's, you know? yeah. There's just so many. Like I'm looking at my shelf. I've got every single MCU movie thus far on blu-ray on the shelf in order like i've got all of that and i'm a a, clearly a big comic book fan like i don't i don't need to (laughs) establish that that criteria here but like there's just so much now and so much that comes out It, it used to be like one you know every year or two and now it's just like five or six will hit you in one year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so hard to just keep <laughs> t- juggling that, that, uh, that top 10 list or whatever. Yeah. So, so for this, I'd say, yeah, the top 10, that's a great category, you know, where you can just say it, general broad strokes, top 10 means it's way up there. And this is definitely way up there. Is it better mm-hmm. than, um, age of Ultron? Well, some people might easily say that, uh, better than infinity war, let's say, or is it better than, you know, Christopher Reeves, uh, first Superman movie, you know, uh, well, that's where it gets hard to you know rank things in order and that kind of thing. But top 10, gonna, yeah, that's easy to say. Yeah. If you're going to use those markers, I, it, I don't think anything's ever going to really unseat Christopher Reeves Superman, uh, for me personally, um, uh, better than infinity war. I, I might make that call. Uh, pers- for, for me personally, I I just I enjoyed it so much more than Infinity War. Like I was paying super attention, super close attention to all the details of this movie. Not just like, dude, I was sitting there not just because we're going to do this show, but mm-hmm. because like I wanted to try and remember some of the stuff that made me laugh out loud. Like I was writing notes, <laughs> <laughs> like I was. I was looking at all the all the art because of the the unique animation style and and all the colors and and the way that they were doing all these things and I was just like I was so blown away by every aspect of it that I was just having so much fun. Well, I had to check myself going in because of hearing so many people saying best best ever best you know I'm like I got to I got to check my my uh, expectations. I got to make sure I'm not going in expecting it to be the best ever. Um, and, and so I was, I was trying to come in with, with tempered expectations. However, uh, so I would say if you're listening to this unspoiler, you know, review that we're talking about here, uh, and you haven't seen the movie yet and you're hearing the high praise we're giving it, um, that high praise comes from a place of this was a really enjoyable film. And so you may not say best ever, but 
if you don't laugh and if I, I had three places of this movie found a lump in my throat, you know, and it was not that I choked down some popcorn that I hadn't chewed. I mean, this was legit emotional lump in my throat um, because this movie was eliciting that response from me. And I laughed and my, my seven year or my eight year old son laughed. My 17 year old son laughed. Um, my daughters were just upset that Tom Holland wasn't in it, but it was, yeah, it was a great experience and, and just a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So, yeah. uh, as far as stars, do you ever do that? Do you, do you give things a star rating? Uh, no, because I just, I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't ever feel qualified. Like the, okay. the, the star, the star rating system, like just like if you're going to take then the average of, okay, from, from a storytelling perspective, what's that star system? What's, what's the animation? What's the, the characterization? Did they get the casting? Like all these things. I just, I feel so unqualified to give it a star rating rating. I just, did I come out of it just grinning ear to ear? <laughs> That's my star rating. <laughs> yeah. And and I gave it a, a rating on my letter. I have a letterbox account that I keep track of my movies on. And, um, I gave it a, a four and a half stars. And, and the reason that I kept it from being five stars is just, there's no such thing as a perfect movie. And, and there were some elements of this movie where I'm like, Oh, I, I could have been better, you know? <laughs> um, but not much, you know, <laughs> not much better, but it could have been. Uh, and so I, I, that's what kept me from giving it a, a perfect score. But, um, yeah, I, it's just really, really high marks. And a lot of that praise you're hearing is coming from people where this movie just hit them right where the, right where it needed to. And, <laughs> and I was definitely one of those people. So, uh, I think that's enough non-spoiler talk. I think we should play the spoiler organ organ so we can just jump right in, talk about specifics, make some Star Trek references and, <laughs> and go from there. How's that sound? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Spoilers. 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 All right, Stuart, Daniel, this is for you. <laughs> mirror, mirror, <laughs> the Star Trek universe with the evil people that look just like the people from our, the regular universe that we're familiar to with. Uh, if, if you understand that reference, then you're going to get this movie. And I think if you enjoy mirror universes where you get to see characters you're familiar with who have gone through different things than, than the character you spent so much time with, that's where this thing it just it just knocks it out of the park and the different versions of Peter Parker that I, I loved it. And then Miles Morales. I loved mm. him. How could you not love him? Uh, it, 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 OK, so, yeah, the, I, I guess I guess since we're in the spoiler, we, we, we got to get like the, the way this is, is is presented to you is every time a character gets introduced, we sort of do this fast rewind. Mm -hmm. And give their origin story, but we started off by like slapping down <laughs> in issue number one. Yep. There you, go. you know, and then they, you know, it, it happens so much that like when they finally get to to Spider Ham and Spider Noir and Penny Parker, uh, <laughs> they do all three at once, so they make a bit of a gag of it. But then they give it some heart when like Miles comes into his own. 
and they slap it down. And yeah. It's like, there's his or and it's just like you you get this really warm feeling attached to this gigantic grin on your face when they do that. And and that that method was just so well done because like the the whole movie starts off with like sort of the joke like all right you know the, the same thing we as comic book fans have been saying every time they reboot a franchise it's like do we need the origin again like do we need to see batman's parents killed in the alley yeah, yeah. like do we need to see uncle ben die like we, we we all know this at this point right and that it starts out that way it's like it, but they they do the origin anyways and then they keep giving you these origins as a way to go you can still do this and give it heart and it was just like so that 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 Miles Morales issue one slapdown was just so well done. Well, and, and here's the thing: this way, first of all, they're embracing fun; they're just embracing fun and they're having fun with it. But then, yeah, they're they're recognizing we've told the Spider-Man story with Peter Parker so many times before. So here it is again, and we are acknowledging that we've done this before. But if you haven't seen it, here you go. You know, and so. On one hand, we're in on the joke. We're with you, all you people who have seen so many Spider-Man origin movie, you know, and Spider-Man origin in the comics and everything. We're with you. We get you. You know, it's okay. We're going to have fun with it. And then people have never seen it. Here, here. You need to know this. You need to know this. Yeah, they they do the the the, the, the I I I did this, and he's like doing the Spidey three dance, and he's like, yeah, we don't yeah. talk about this for some reason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. And, and then and then it goes further with the second Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker, uh, and it goes into his marriage and, mm-hmm. and he has a divorce, like mm-hmm. they're signing divorce papers. And so suddenly we're in a movie where, yeah, we are laughing because there is a pig pulling, you know, a, a mallet out of his pants. But there's also this very, you know, some of it's very subtle. And, and and not spoken out loud necessarily, but there's a very mature story going on here where mm. you have an adult man learning a lesson and you have a teenager learning a lesson about how to be a hero. And you have, you know, these different levels and layers and it juggles all these characters. I mean, you, they used to say, you know, oh, you know, Batman and Robin didn't work. There's so many characters in there and it'll never work, you know, and um we have five main characters in this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> and they all get the time that they need to do the thing that they need. And they're all pretty satisfying. Uh, I, I agree with you. Like, and you, you were saying like, there's some mature stuff happening here. We're in the spoiler territory. The first Peter Parker dies right in front of you. And, not, yeah. and then later on, Miles's uncle dies. In fr- like, and when, when he's like going through that grief, like you get this sort of <laughs> roll call list of all the people these other spider people have lost. So it gets super real at points in this film, but it's still like it's still so much fun, so full of heart, so uh, so true to the comics in a way. Like they they're doing things differently here and there, but because it's a multiverse story, it almost doesn't matter if something's wrong. Like it's yeah, yeah, it, because it's it's not the exact Peter Parker, you know, right. or the exact Miles Morales for that matter. Yeah, I and yeah, it, you're you're 100 right. It gets it gets very real. I like that we sort of for Miles's uh, sort of origin, like he is is has only been going to this new school for two weeks, 
And like as he's walking down the street, he's like saying hi to his other friends. That's a really subtle way of just sort of establishing that like this isn't Miles Morales who's like just moved to New York or something. We're, we're not jumping in at the very you know first baby steps of his story. We're, we're just coming in at the relevant point. He's already had an established life here. He's got backstory here. And, and you do it without setting up like past drama. Which it's just it's it, there's and I, I point that out because it's do, just done so smoothly and so just offhandedly. Yeah, and, and the introduction to the character um, is perfect. Where he's he's got the headphones on, he's playing the music, and he's singing along, but he doesn't know all the words. You know, and it's just <laughs> like, and so the movie starts. We've gone through some Peter Parker stuff, and then we get Miles Morales and and they introduce him with that and I'm laughing and I'm enjoying myself. And it just, it sets the tone uh, for this movie that this is, it's funny, it's character based and, and you're going to enjoy yourself and to the point where, okay, so spider ham shows up, spider ham shows up and is he, is he ridiculous? You bet. You bet. Does he work? Does he fit? Uh, maybe, maybe he doesn't perfectly, but that's the point. <laughs> you know, he's from another universe where, Looney Tunes logic is the world's uh, that's the universal law, you know, and yeah, so you roll with it and you're willing to roll with it. And it, it maybe maybe it gets a little jokey, a little too jokey with even Spider-Man Noir. You know, he that might be the place where it almost crosses the line where <laughs> eh, we had some realistic jokes going on here. But now we've got this guy who's completely ridiculous. You know, well, and, he's voiced by Nicolas Cage. What do you that want? is true. That is true. Uh, but but yeah, it's and it basically is 1930s era Batman. Like that's that's the impression I get is what if Nicolas Cage was playing Batman in a gangster movie in the 30s? That's that's what you'd get here. But you got to throw in Nicolas Cage. It, it's, it's not just. A, a 30s gangster movie with a Batman character in it. No, no. Nicolas Cage is playing him. That's that's the defining factor. And it's it's a, a little bit Sam Spade in there from like the Maltese Falcon, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but done in a comedic way somehow. Like, yeah, I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I I Spider-Man Noir. That one, his characterization was a little obviously more comedy than his real life stuff that happens in, in like spider verse. But, uh, I mean, at this point, the, the, the big characters out of spider verse are like obviously spider Gwen. Mm -hmm. So, so not a lot of people are like super familiar with Spider-Man noir. And as a matter of fact, the general audience is only going to really be familiar with him as like an option for a suit and a video game. Yeah. (laughs) Rather, rather than anything else. Um, Personally, I was hoping for some Spider-Punk action in there just because I, I love Spider-Punk and the story behind Spider-Punk is, is just so fun. I wish we had an ongoing series of Spider-Punk, but that's another thing. Um, the, I, was, I was hoping for Spider-Man 2099, which I got him at the end. <laughs> yes, but I was did. hoping we'd have him uh, you know, in the actual I, movie. I was falling out of my chair laughing at that in credit scene. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Was that not the funniest thing you've seen? Like I so in the in the credits, and, and this has happened a couple times now. Um so the, the end credits scene for uh, I believe it was uh Kong Skull Island 
it mentions um, three different characters from Toho movies and, and says that they're, they belong to Toho, you know, and then, oh, it's in the post credit that they talk about them. So the, the credits have gone by and then the credits actually spoil the post credit. And there was one time where um, music, um, a music cue spoil. Oh, it was Venom, actually. Um, Venom in the in the credits had a a credit for the music from Into the Spider Verse, and and Evan and I were just trying to figure out why is it saying that. Well, because one of the post credits in Venom says, "Meanwhile, in another universe." And it's just, oh, okay, and we're gonna get five <laughs> minutes of of uh, Into the Spider Verse. So this got spoiled for me, but I didn't. It didn't spoil it because I recognized it. Um, I wondered what I had missed. It said. Um, clip from spider-man you know copyright 1967 or whatever and so i'm like did i miss something in the movie where they actually used a clip from that spider-man show right nope i didn't (laughs) it happened (laughs) after the credits but uh oh my goodness because that's my spider-man you know i was four it was in the 70s not the 60s that i watched it but it's in the in the late 70s that was my go-to cartoon after school after in kindergarten. And I love that show. I love that show so much. It's really hard to watch now as an adult. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I tried and it was before I had kids. So when we're talking 15, 20 years ago that I tried to rewatch some of those episodes and I was just like, Oh my goodness. And I don't need to buy the DVD set because I will never, ever watch this again. But, uh, the, uh, for those of you, <laughs> if you if you if you don't care about spoilers but haven't seen the movie, it's it's the the end credit scene. It's it's Spider Man twenty ninety nine talking to his AI, and she's like, "You've got your interdimensional little wrist bracelet thing ready to go," and he's gonna <laughs> start going on this recruiting mission, right? So he you know opens a portal and goes into an alternate universe. He says, and "I'm going back to where it began." Right. So he goes he goes into this animated universe and it's the scene if you've ever seen, you know, like memes online where two identical Spider-Men are pointing at each other. <laughs> so he gets stuck in this pointing match with the animated <laughs> Spider-Man and they're just arguing with each other about pointing at each other. <laughs> oh, it was hilarious. <laughs> and Spider-Man 2099 is done in incredible CG style. He oh, yeah. looks so cool before he jumps back, but he jumps back and now he's in Spider-Man 67 mode. And yeah. It's like, that's so cool. I never, I never thought I'd see this on the big screen because it's yeah. ridiculous. But first of all, but did you, did you read any of the Spider-Verse stuff? I did not. That's the thing. I'm aware of it. And I know the different characters, you know, and Spider-Gwen. Um, I've, I've, I've read s- a random comic that had some, some uh, spider verse stuff in it, but it wasn't like anything that I really dove into or anything. I didn't read the series at all. I didn't read any of the event. Um, I, I was just aware that it was going on. Right. And, and so that's where, you know, Spider-Man noir I know of because of the Spider-Man noir comic from a few years back when they were doing noir versions of all the, the Marvel characters, not all of them, but, handful of the, the Marvel characters and spider Gwen I was aware of um, spider ham. I was aware of because of him being in the backup of Marvel tales back in the late eighties. 
when I was buying my own comics, I was buying Marvel Tales because it had X-Men characters in it for that run. Uh, and and then Spider-Ham was in, in a backup story. Well, and, so so for those of you who don't know, the, the, the Spider-Verse story, I, I'm not going to sit here and like give you guys a full recap. We don't have time for that. Nobody needs it. But the, the main Spider-Verse story from the comics is about Morlun and the Inheritors and his family of Inheritors. They're basically like vampires for lack of a better way of describing it, uh, who kind of suck up the life force energy of people who are animal totems. And they want to then feed on the spider totems throughout the web of, of the multiverse. And that's where you get all of these Spider-Men coming together to fight the inheritors. That's, that's the, that's the whole kind of gist of it. Um, but in the midst of this serious storyline where they're going in and they're, you know, trying to drain the life force and obviously kill all of these Spider-Men from across the multiverse, there's these moments of levity that sort of mirror what you see here at the end credits of the scene because there's one where uh, I think it's Moreland. I think he goes into the Spider-Man uh, newspaper strip universe, <laughs> and it's and he, it's it's done in like the dailies where there's only like three or four panels. <laughs> so like he's, he's, he goes in, he's trying to kill Peter while him and MJ are having like a picnic in the park. And then that, that day strip will end. And then the next day we'll pick up. And of course, like every good daily strip recap what happened before. <laughs> and Moreland just gets so frustrated <laughs> with this, this <laughs> lag <laughs> in this, in this daily, this, this constant recap of stuff that happened for him three seconds ago that he just decides not to kill this one and leaves. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so the, 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 the fact that they do stuff like this in the end credits where they're just pointing at each other makes me so excited at the idea that they do an actual spider verse story. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. I mean, as far as the spider verse in the comics, I can't speak to that, but what they set up in this movie, I mean, spider ham comes from, that spider ham universe where there is, you know, talking animals and, and anvils and all that kind of thing. Uh, so it makes sense. You go into his world. That's what the, the laws are. The rules are you go into the Spider-Man 67 or whatever, 68, 67, whatever it is. Uh, and it, it's this two dimensional flat, 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 limited movement uh, animation. And, and it just makes sense. It is not ridiculous. Uh, I mean, it is, but it is ridiculous in a completely logical way that makes sense based on the rules they have set up in this universe. And so there's there's that. But then there's also there's so much heart uh, with with everyone's character arcs and Miles's character arc and Aunt May's character arc. Even uh, it's just it's wonderful. So good. So yeah, good. We're, we're, we're gushing about it in generalities. I know you guys like to break down some of these. How do you want to break it down? You want to break it down by character? Uh, what do you want to do? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly because with the movies, it's a little harder. Um, and we don't usually do a, a plot breakdown with, with the movies. Um, but, you know, let's let's talk. We'll do my quadrants, um, which when I analyze something, we talk about style. We talk about plot. We talk about characters and uh, we talk about themes. Um, so let's, I mean, let's start with style. Cause that's probably the one place where that knocks down from a five to four and a half. The, at the, that's the strongest 
point. Now, a half a star to go from, you know, 100% perfect movie to a um, 90%, you know, not perfect, but super, super amazingly good, still an A grade. Um, it's not much, but some of the style of that comic booky feel that they had, I wish they had maybe started with the earlier instead of waiting until he got bit by the spider. Cause I feel like when he got bit by the spider, that's when you start seeing words come up on the screen and suddenly he's in a comic book and suddenly he's thinking, why are my thoughts so loud? You know? And, and it's almost like the max. I don't know if you remember him, uh, mm-hmm. but where, uh, especially in the cartoon in the comic book, I can't remember it doing this, but in the, in the cartoon where, um, like he says something and it's, his, it's supposed to be his internal monologue. And then someone else be like, what, what are you talking about? Oh, did I say that out loud? You know, that kind of thing. It almost felt like that where it was uh jokey jokey about that. He's in a comic book now, even though he's moving, you know, and, and, and so then they do something with, they think things with word balloons and things, you know, I wish they'd started with that earlier and, and just made that be part of the style throughout the whole thing. Um, but then that what what do they call that that color process with the dots? I can never uh, remember what it's called. Oh God, uh, I remember taking this in art class, and they they well, they would they made us do this stuff. So uh, let's just talk about it as the comic book color process that has dots in it. As far as like back in the you know when they were using lots and lots of um, it's, it's newsprint. It, okay, um, so it's newsprint. It's um, ink. They're using dots to create gradation and and shading and and things like that that's all over the place in this movie and it looks beautiful it, it is does so amazing and and the way it uses panels um you know it does so in a way it's it, you know anime has been doing that for a long time but um that looked beautiful uh the style of the character designs and it just it, the whole thing looks gorgeous just some of the style there just kind of ah you know, it's not perfect and it feels experimental is what it feels. So like, are you going to knock them for it not being perfect when it's the first time anyone's ever done it? No, no. Well, you also have to compare it to, this is, this is Sony animation. So Sony animations had like open season cloudy with a chance of meatballs, (laughs) a hotel Transylvania, like, and, and like, I mean, some others here and there, but those are like maybe the big ones. When you when you can compare this movie to those other Sony animation films, like this is a game changer for them. Well, I would put this up against a Pixar movie. I mean, oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, I I, I do put it up against a Pixar movie. I think this is better than Incredibles. Uh, I think it's better than Big Hero Six. Um, I mean. I made a, a list, a very short list of animated superhero feature films that were released in the theater and intended to be released in the theater. This is easily the top movie in that category. Uh, Incredibles is great. Incredibles 2 is good. Um, but this, I think it, this one just connected it more emotionally with me. It mm. isn't part of that. But, but Incredibles connected emotionally with me as a dad. You know, I'm... I'm a dad, so I'm 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 seeing myself in Mr. Incredible. Um, there was a long period of of time where my wife was the primary uh, primary breadwinner or whatever you want to call it, and and I was feeling some of the stuff that Mr. Incredible was feeling, like like why why me why 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 not me rather instead of her, you know, and um, 
yeah. And, and Big Hero 6, I love that movie. I think it's oh, yes. great. Again, stylistically, it does some amazing looking things. The story has so much heart. You got a little bit of almost not quite time travel in there. I mean, it's just good stuff. Um, but this, this beats it all. <laughs> yeah, this is, I, I, I was sitting in the theater watching it midway through going, I can't wait to buy this on Blu-ray. Yeah, like, yep. like I was <laughs> so excited to just have it and be able, like the, the prospect of being able to watch it anytime I wanted was exciting for me <laughs> as I'm midway through watching said film. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the design of the Kingpin was a little extreme. It um, was, it was, but, um, and every time he showed up on the screen, I wasn't sitting next to my eight year old. My, my buddy was sitting next to my eight year old. He wanted to, my, my eight year old wanted to sit next to my friend, Evan, and he was sharing a drink with my youngest daughter. And, and so I couldn't sit next to, to, to Dougie. And whenever Kingpin would come on the screen, uh, Dougie be like, he's so big, he's so fat. And then like <laughs> at one point, uh, they're at the, the, the laboratory and the car pulls up and, and Dougie's just, is that fat guy in there? Is that fat guy in there? And, and he's just, I, how is he so fat? And, and then I heard Evan lean over to him and say, well, really it's not fat. It's all muscle. That's what it's, it's supposed to be all muscle. And, and, and Dougie's like, oh, Okay. And, <laughs> it's funny you mention that because I heard a kid behind me because obviously it's a, it was a 945 showing on a Saturday. So obviously these kids are they're going to be kids in the in the early shows. But uh, the I heard a kid behind me when that moment when they pull up in front of the labs and he gets out of that SUV. I heard a kid go, how do you fit in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, my 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 so my 17 year old, he's he's like, I just don't get Kingpin. Like, how is he a threat? to a super powered superhero, you know, if he, if he's just a big fat guy, well, no, it's not, it's not fat, it's muscle. Okay. So is he a mutant? Is he <laughs> like, well, I guess technically speaking he is, he just doesn't have the, the X gene or whatever, but, um, but and, I mean, and speaking and speaking of, of the film being dark, like we were talking about earlier, Kingpin's whole motivation for this thing is based off of losing Vanessa and his kid while he's, Beating another man senseless. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he kills Spider-Man with his bare hands. Yep. Like it is, they don't show it, but it is Mm -mm. clearly, clearly implied. And yeah. And so Wilson Fisk in this movie, he's a threat. He's a real threat and they give him, it's very short, but it's very clear his motivation Mm-hmm. And and it's good to have a villain that has good, relatable motivation. Um, he is completely off track. You know, he is he's wrong, wrong, wrong. He's a bad guy, you know, but you understand he has experienced loss and he wants to get it back. And he has mm-hmm. the means to get it back at whatever means, whatever means possible. So good stuff. There's- there's there's some stuff I want to check off this list real quick if that's okay just yeah, because yeah. Let's just I, I'm gonna it. get I'm gonna be mad at myself. This is more like just fun stuff I noticed rather than plot points. One of the first notes I wrote down is was before we even saw any aspect of this movie on the screen. They're giving you like you know the production company Marvel Studios blah blah blah. 
Then the screen goes black. <laughs> yeah, I know the, where you're in going. The, in the very center, it says approved by the Comics Code Authority. <laughs> they slap that stamp right there on the screen. And I almost, I, I didn't like laugh or anything. I just got this big, stupid smile on my face when that happened because it, in a way, it sort of set the tone for the whole movie, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I did laugh, but it wasn't the laugh like, oh, that's so funny, such a funny joke. It was that surprise laugh where you're surprised by something funny. Yeah. And it's just, wait, what? Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Um, another another thing I like, liked, I thought it was, because, you know, these these animated movies, they, they know people are going to be taking their kids to go see it, but they, you know, a big example of people doing this is Shrek when there's like adult jokes in kids movies that are going to go over the kids heads and stuff. This one wasn't necessarily like an adult joke, but only adults would get it when all the multiverse stuff starts happening. And like, there's like glitches throughout New York and something comes bleeding through and stays. I, I like the, the people like taking photos of the street lamp and going, Oh yeah, I think it's a Banksy. Yeah. <laughs> I was laughing so hard at that. Um, uh, Peter Parker's explanation of, of his little, uh, flash drives and calls it, you know, it's a thing that does this and that I can never keep it all straight. I just call him a goober. Yeah. Uh, but then Spidey, Spidey, uh, Spidey 2099, um, gets correct. It's, it's a gizmo. You know, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's a gizmo. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest laughs I had was they're in the lab. And Miles goes into the air ducts to warn uh, Peter that Kingpin is here. And they're, they're, they meet in the air ducts. They're looking through a vent. You know, like you, you get these on a lot of these movies. And they're over. They're eavesdropping on this conversation between Kingpin and the scientist woman who we get later revealed she's an Octavius. Um, but he goes, you watch. He's going to say now. You've got 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> and Kingpin says it. And, and and Peter looks at Miles and goes, you, you do this long enough, it all just becomes second nature. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and as they're sitting there, he's he's making his hand talk, you know, as Kingpin's yes. talking. And um, one of the one of my favorite parts comes right after that when um, Miles kind of crawls out of the duct while while Peter is down there doing his his thing, trying to get the, the code. And he he can't unstick his hands. And so it's like this really tense situation where they're going to see us. And he's like, just what do you do to relax yourself? What do you do to relax yourself? And then we, we go back to reference that song, you know, he starts like just kind of bobbing back and forth and humming the song. And, um, and so my kids, we have the family Spotify and, and the, that song, it was a big deal when they released that song a, a week or two ago. Um, that this is a spider into the spider verse song and and that's the one that they were using and so my my son my my eight-year-old is walking around and he just walks around the house and just he can't get the song out of his head but he doesn't know the words and so I'm like he, i'm laughing because he doesn't know the words and he's laughing because he doesn't know the words and he's like ah, i'm doing this the thing from the movie you know and but what's great about it is this is a truly an all-ages movie and oh, absolutely. By that, I mean, it's great for my my eight year old. It's great for me. And it's great for, you know, in, in between, you know, it is all ages in that an adult can watch it and enjoy it and get something out of it um, and also feel fairly safe. I mean, like I said, there's 
Kingpin kills Spider-Man with his bare hands. That's pretty brutal. Um, so I don't know about all ages, but almost, you know, would right. I take my four year old? I probably wouldn't. I do know of, of families that, that would, but, um, but it's about as close to an, a legit complete all ages as you're going to get. And, right. Yeah. It's just wonderful in that way. Um, some of the jokes I loved were, and this is another lab scene when Miles is running out with a computer tower and the monitor and Peter comes running up. I got the good, I saw I got the good news kid. We don't need the monitor. Yeah. <laughs> and he grabs it and chucks it. <laughs> that was great. Uh, then spider Gwen shows up known as spider woman, but everybody now knows her as spider Gwen. Um, she shows up and then uh, after they're all leaving the forest, miles goes, man, how many spider people are there? And Peter goes, save it for comic-con. Yeah. <laughs> and then he's what's what's comic-con <laughs> yeah uh and to, to kind of like parallel that later on in the big fight when uh <laughs> spider ham goes that's all folks you hear you don't see but you hear peter in the background go can can he say that like legally yeah <laughs> <laughs> um when they when they went down into peter's the, the the peter of this universe who died his little like spider cave down there as they were dropping down, I, I literally sort of sat upright in my seat and went, spider buggy. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I got excited because I saw the what if Spider-Man costume where he becomes a TV personality and, yeah. and doesn't become a superhero. And it has a cape. And uh-huh. then uh, Miles Morales is like, see, look at this. Because before he's wearing a cape. He's like, don't wear that. It's disrespectful. Yeah. And we, we, Spider-Man don't wear capes. <laughs> he's like, hey, I told you. You mentioned a couple of points that maybe brought a tear to your eye. Was was one of them the Stan Lee cameo? Uh, no, actually, that that wasn't one of them. Uh, that was really nice, but um, the the emotional responses tended to be the one that I remember was when Aunt May is talking to Peter B. Parker, and just the weird emotion of that moment where she's talking to someone who looks exactly like her, her basically her son, and. It's just like, wow, what a what what a moment. She's lost her son. Or I mean it's not her son, but but basically. I mean, she basically adopted him as her child, raised him. Um and and that moment right there, it, it got me choked up. Um and I, I can't remember the other I think it might have been when um the father when Miles' father was trying to talk to him through the door. Yes, and, that was that was pretty intense. And just try to explain to him something happened. I love you. Um, if you don't want to talk, that's okay. Um, I mean, and, and there's some really strong, I mean, that's, that's another point, you know, the, the, just the family relationship that he has. Um, it's, it's a really strong uh, part of his identity. Part of Miles's identity is he's, he's got this family. They set up the, the relationship with the uncle. Well, they set up the relationship with the father. Well, um, and then at the end when he's, He's talking to his father as Spider-Man. He's like, well, uh, thank you, sir, for your bravery. And it's just, um, <laughs> does he know? And I need yeah. to watch it again to see, like, does dad know? I think he knows. I don't, I, I, I I don't, don't know. I don't think he does. Uh, if not, he will. Uh, yeah. You know, that that's not going to be kept secret. I mean, he hugged him so tight. And it was just. Why? <laughs> He's on his face. Why is Spider-Man hugging me right now? 
Um, the uh, the emotional moment too is like I I don't know I don't it makes it an emotional moment later, but the the funny moment at first when he's visiting his uncle in his apartment, he's telling him about the he's telling him about Gwen. Uh, and he's like, do you know about the shoulder touch? Yes. <laughs> Put his, his hand on the shoulder. You just go, hey. <laughs> and the, Miles trying to get that right and just not getting it. And then, you know, obviously through the course of the movie, he loses his uncle. And the moment that like he, you know, all the Spider-Men, other Spider-Men have gone back to their universe. It's just Miles and Kingpin in this insanity storm of multiverse sciencey stuff. And and Kingpin has beaten the crap out of him, uh, and he is down. And you can hear his dad saying, "Come on, Spider Man, get up!" And, mm-hmm. and, and this, you know, uh, and he knows that his dad is uh, has always been against Spider Man. So there's that moment too. But the way he defeats Kingpin is getting a grip on that 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 shock power he has, and putting his hand on Kingpin's shoulder, going, "Hey, yeah, yeah." <laughs> And that was both a hilarious moment and like this really touching moment. Well, it was because his his uncle gave him the the magic weapon, you know, to how to defeat Kingpin. He, he didn't intend to, um, but that relationship with the uncle, they set it up so well, and it was tragic for geeks. Like if you know about this character, you know that his his uncle is the Prowler. Mm-hmm. And and so you're just waiting for him to find out. Now, the tragedy that I wasn't expecting, I wasn't expecting him to die. Uh, I was wondering, like, where where is this going to go? The uh, Dying actually kind of made it a little less interesting as far as, like, the dramatic uh, uh, plot things they could do later on with, oh, my uncle's a villain who knows who I am, you know, that kind of thing. Um, instead, they go with the drama of, of the death, which is rough rough stuff but especially because his his father finds his brother later yeah yeah well like it's it's one thing that it like it happens right in front of miles he watches his uncle die in front of him on the pavement in an alley and then you're like oh this is over and then up pulls his dad yeah to stumble upon his own brother's body and it's like oh my god (laughs) yeah and 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 with with that um they it sets it up well for like he's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy, you know. Right, <laughs> and and he made really horrible choices. It is a bad choice to dress up in a costume like that and work for the kingpin. It, mm-hmm. It's a bad choice. It's it's just a bad life choice. But they set up that relationship so well, so that when the loss does happen, um, and, and it's tragic. It's tragedy because you know what's coming. However, people in the theater did not know. And so when it was revealed, when he takes off his mask and you see it is the uncle, people in the theater gasped and it was a surprise and it was the right surprise for people who didn't know and the right surprise for people who did know because we're waiting for that moment to happen and Mm -hmm. waiting to see what's Miles going to do when he finds out. But then I... I didn't even think about, oh, there are people in this theater who have no clue that that's what's going to happen. And it's a huge twist and it's, it's awful. And it's, 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 they nod to us later. Like, like you mentioned, like his, his, his dad says, do you want to something like, while he's driving to school, do you want to wind up like your uncle? 
you know, something like mm-hmm. that. And then hit, Miles sort of half asks him a question, half makes a point, and then his dad just sort of lets it lie. Like you expect him to like because there's this moment of silence and in any other TV show or movie you've seen, that moment of silence is usually followed by like a reveal. Like, hold on. Like you expect him to be like, look, Miles, there's something you don't know about your uncle, you know, like stuff like that, like to to, to that, that moment of honesty to, to help, you know, guide the kid along the right path and find the right morals. But his dad's like, just lets that lie. Well, his dad doesn't know quite how bad it is. I think. Well, that's, that's true. That's, that's true. But like, you get the sense that his dad, obviously being being that that's his brother, he obviously knows more than he's telling his son. Yeah, and yeah. and he's no, for just sure. letting that go. He's not going to tell Miles that. He's not going to, you know, for the sake of teaching his son a lesson, ruin who his hero is. Yeah, yeah. But that phone call when they're looking for Miles. Oh, uh, did you did you by the way did you see the one of the Easter eggs? Well, in there. Which one? Because because. <laughs> Uh, Miles' dad is scrolling through his phone to make calls, and it's real fast, but one of his com, uh, uh, contacts is Steve Ditko. Oh, okay. I know that uh, on Miles' phone, one of the contacts was uh, B. Bendis. Okay. A- and then there was also a, a billboard, I think, that had a Bendis on it as well. Right. Which, a little self-serving, Bendis was a producer on this movie. Oof. I mean, I understand I mean, you want to give the nods to the creators, but... If one of those creators is producing the movies, okay, all right, I see. Um, yeah, but it, it was, yeah. So it just now we're getting to some theme stuff. We talked about some character stuff. Uh, I think right. we, we've covered everything that, as far as the quadrants, we don't have to go through that. But um, just, I'm watching as a dad, and I'm watching my son watch this as a kid, and I'm just thinking to myself, this might be my son Doug's Superman moment, you know, where when I went and saw that Superman movie in the theater, I would, I would have been four, maybe three, but probably four. I fell in love with superheroes and I, I already was watching super friends. And, you know, so it's not like my son has never seen superheroes before, but this movie, he, he loved it. He loved it. And, and he actually, I was sitting on the couch and he, he just looks at me and says, Hey dad, and he puts his hand on my shoulder. Hey, (laughs) but yeah, it's, it's just, uh, a a good movie for the whole family. Um, except maybe if you're not into the sci-fi thing, you know, if, if, uh, mirror universe star Trek episode is going to bother you, then yeah, this, this movie will bother you. (laughs) You're not going to enjoy yourself as much as I have, but, um, so I'm not going to make my wife watch this movie, but so it's 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 odd you mentioned that superman moment for you and i know i know what you're talking about um because i've heard so many people describe that moment for them in their childhood but obviously you know i was born in 1987 so that that spider-man or not spider-man so the superman movie can't have that impact for me as a fan of comics history as a fan of that film as a fan of the the, the character in which is based on the comics, I can retroactively sort of guess at what that feeling was, mm-hmm. but I don't truly know that for me. I, the only thing I can compare it to oddly enough, because he's not one of my favorite characters is, is Spider-Man. I, I enjoy Spider-Man and I enjoy love. Like for instance, Venom is one of my favorite characters, but you know, Spider-Man's not so that there's that sort of weird disconnect there for me. But for me, that Superman moment was actually, Spider-Man, 
2002, the first Tobey Maguire movie. Mm. Because, I mean, you can, there's obviously been superhero movies and stuff before then, but you can argue that there was this sort of gap in the major motion picture, like well done, serious, you know, superhero movies. You, you had your, your, you know, the, that Batman franchise, and you can think about those last two movies, however you want to think about them. Um, but for me, I was 14 or 15 when that movie hit and I go see it in theaters. And for me, this is the first major blockbuster superhero movie I'm watching on the big screen because had I seen Superman? Sure. But you know, my dad made a point to rent the movie and I saw it in my own home on the small screen. So this is, this is the full experience here. I remember, and it's a feeling I've had in certain, certain superhero films ever since then. I remember standing up after that film and I sort of, I stood a little taller, you know, like I wanted to like sort of jump up onto the rail in front of me and leap down onto the ground. You know what I mean? Like I just had that feeling of, 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 of standing taller and a little prouder and like, man, if this happened to me, like, like I want, like the, the theme music is happening as the credits are rolling, of course. And I'm walking out of the theater to the beat of the theme. Like I'm hoping some girl in the stands is going to look at me and see me walking proudly out the door, yeah. you know, you know, and, and there've been movies like that ever since then where the, the, the heroics and, and that downtrodden character, because, you know, I was a geek in school, like other people picked on and all this stuff. So, you know, the, the, the geek getting his, his comeuppance and, and being the hero and getting the girl and all that. And that was that was obviously, you know, something I really enjoyed and identified with and wanted to happen for me. So I still remember that Chad. And and there are, mov- there, there are movies that hit when I will stand a little taller after seeing it, even as an adult. And I'm 31 now. And I stood up in this this theater and I was just I just I, I had a spring in my step afterwards. Yeah, I. I would call that moment, and and this I shouldn't say I do call that moment. I'm I'm making this up right now, because of what you said here. Um, so you've you've given this to me, thank you. Uh, but I, I call it "You believe a man can fly" moment. So that was the tagline for Superman. You'll believe a man right. can fly. Right. The moment though, when you say you'll believe a man can fly, is you. You believe you can fly. Right. You know. Um, so if you're not a man, then then you believe a woman can fly or, or whatever. You know, you believe you can fly because right. you've just seen something that, yeah, it makes you walk a little taller. It makes you feel a little bolder. It makes you feel like and, – and I get that from uh, – I got that from Lord of the Rings. Definitely got it from some Star Wars and and Superman, you know. And, and this movie, I think, is that movie for um, a lot of kids right now. Um, mm mm-hmm. Now I've got a friend and his, his son is, is African-American and he, uh, um, he was so excited because, um, he, he saw a trailer for this movie. He's like, wait a minute. So you're saying there's a Spider-Man who, who looks like me, you know? And I was so excited. And that's actually a, a, a teaching moment for, for my son, Dougie is yeah. He gets to see a superhero who looks like him. You have it all over the place, you know, and it's like you have Ash from Pokemon. You have Peter Parker. You have the Teen Titans. You know, you have Robin, you know, and you have all these characters and and they look a lot like you. He he doesn't have that. And so this is something that's really going to be exciting for him is he can't wait to see this movie because you mean there's a superhero who looks like me. And now he's a Black Panther and he loved that movie. 
Um, but you know, this is, this is a special moment for a lot of different reasons. Uh, but yeah, black Panther's his own hero and, and he's got that, the Wakanda and the, and the, the whole yeah, thing. Yeah. But, but this is, it doesn't matter that it's a different Spider-Man. All that matters is it's Spider-Man. Well, and then they make the point at the end, you know, it's, it's like, I, you know, I was the only Spider-Man, but I, but anyone could be, you know? Right. And, and that's, what's good about superhero movies to me is yes, I can't fly like Superman, but I can be like Superman. I can do good things. I can help people like Superman. Um, you know, a good, for me, a good superhero story is one. I shouldn't say this is the, this is not the only kind of good superhero story, but a especially good superhero story for me is one that encourages you and inspires you to be better, Mm -hmm. you know, and to do better and, and to, um, yeah, to, to rise up, walk taller, but not just walk taller because you're stronger, you know, walk taller because I, I can do that. You know, I can, I can be that. And, and that's, you know, those are your characters you're talking about. You know, you've got venom that you're talking about. Who's the guy who, um, he's, it's, it's, it's a shadow. Yeah. Uh, venom Mm -hmm. is your shadow, but he aspires to be a hero. Yeah. And it's what you do with that shadow. And and then it's the same thing with green lantern's ring. You know, Mm -hmm. what do you do with that ring? And you can be a Hal Jordan or you can be a Sinestro, you mm-hmm. know, but, and, and so what are you going to do with the things that you've been given? You know, you haven't been given a power ring, but you've been given stuff that you can use, you know, what are you going to do with it? And mm-hmm. are you going to hurt? Or are you going to harm? Or are you going to help? You know, um, and that's and, actually, that's, that's something that's, you know, in me outside of comics, some of my other interests are like philosophy, just general philosophy. And, and one of the things I've always liked it's sort of weird to say liked, but it's I've I've always liked the the, the theme of the duality of man. Mm-hmm. You know, there there are so much thing. There's so many things in our history as as human beings on this earth, where there have been people who have done horrible, horrible things. And sure, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, it could have been a, 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 as a sign of the times an undiagnosed mental disorder, whatever it may be. But even excusing it, it, like uh, getting rid of those people from that. There are still people in that that list who have done horrible things just because they were absolutely sane from from that perspective, but they chose to do the horrible thing. And you look at yourself and go, okay, you you can you can because of your your the way you were raised, your religious whatever that may that X factor may be, you're one bad decision away from being those people. You have a lot of power within yourself to choose your own destiny and, and, and set yourself on a path. And that path can be horrible or it could just be a mediocre existence or it could be something incredible and being the put upon kid in school. And, and don't get me, it wasn't like I was shoved in lockers and beaten every day of my life. It's just from my perspective, it was a bad time in high school and stuff. I wasn't, the popular kid, I, you know, I was the guy that the girls talked to about their problems, but never wanted to go home with like that, that sort of a thing. You, you, you're the victim of your own experience. And for me, seeing these heroes be the same as me and, 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 and make, get, get this power and decide like, there's the moment of course, where 
uh, like it just because I used it, I was 14, 15 at the time and it really hit me. Spider Peter gets the powers and he beats the crap out of flash in that mm-hmm. first movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's a part of me that's like, awesome. Flash is going to get his comeuppance. He's going to he's going to look cool in front of the school and the bully's going to go down and he's going to be the big man on campus. Finally, you know, the, the geek gets the girl. It's all about that. But then Peter freaks out and leaves. And you're just like, oh, you can make the decision to go. I, I did that for real. Like, it doesn't matter how much power I have or money or whatever. Like, that's not me. Like the like that. That's what's so great about heroes in these stories to me and and you say it's the you know you can define it as the you'll believe a man and can fly moment and that's probably one of the best things about this film is it's not just there for miles it's there for every single character in this film yeah it is yeah it is i mean for miles it's um can i do this i can't do it i can't do it uh i'll try you know, you gotta just let it go. You know, just gotta make it happen. Um, I can't do it. I can't do it. And for Peter Parker, it's, you know, he has that moment at the beginning where he has the choice. Am I, or Peter B. Parker, you know, the second one, am I going to teach this kid how to do this? You know, it's, it's his, it's his Yoda moment where no, too old. He's too old. You know? <laughs> um, and you know, and, and, uh, Gwen has it and it, you know, and they're teaching him because they've gone through all this before. And that's another thing that's great about this movie. It's all about legacy and passing on uh, the good things, you know, and and how to deal with the bad things. You know, you got to learn that you, you can't save everyone. It's just mm-hmm. that's just part of life as a superhero. And yeah, I so I, I think we need to maybe shut this one down here, but, uh, Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned the, I just wanted to say it because it was, I thought it was also another powerful moment in there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the lesson that Peter teaches miles that then miles then teaches back to Peter is when Peter is going to sacrifice himself so that miles doesn't have to do it. But you can tell very clearly that Peter's not, doesn't want to go back home. He doesn't want to go back to yeah. that life. And yeah. he's given up on this, this relationship with Mary Jane. And just because he believes it just it just can't happen. And 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 that's when Miles does what Peter did to him earlier and sweeps the leg and catches him and says, you know, hey, th- this, this teachable moment is now thrown back at you. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And 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 Peter's like, oh, yeah, it's a leap of faith and falls back into his universe. And I was just like, holy, <laughs> really, guys, you're going to he- keep hitting me with this emotional stuff right now. Yeah, no. It, <laughs> so. Uh, fantastic movie on every level mm-hmm. and yeah absolutely worth um <laughs> doing a full episode for welcome to level seven i've already done a strangers and aliens about this but uh but that was immediate reaction that was car car ride there car ride home um this is after i've had uh, you know a few days to stew on it and and just let it let it sit and let it simmer and i don't know if i'll see it again in the theater because time and money but i can't wait to get this one here in the home and mm. and for my son to say, hey, can we watch Spider-Man? You know? Yeah, I'm going to watch it over and over again. I know that. Yeah. I know that for sure. So. All right. Hey, uh, Chad, tell us where we can find you online doing the things that you do. Um, OK, because I know you have a podcast uh, for Green Lantern. Uh, Ragman, that's a blog, right? Yep. 
Okay. Right. Uh, so, yes, uh, you mentioned the podcast. We'll hit that first. Lantern Cast is a podcast about Green Lantern that, as of November, has been on the air 10 years now. Uh, and we're celebrating that. We're going to have a big episode uh, here during December. Um, yeah, just all about Green Lantern, you know, and, uh, you know, we do sort of one-off episodes here and there, you know, just because you can't do all Green Lantern all the time. You want to talk about other stuff. Yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, so we do that. Uh, there are spinoffs in there about Green Lantern, Green Arrow, about Hal's time as the Spectre, and and so on and so forth. Uh, you mentioned Ragman. I do do the blog. It is thesuitofsouls.blogspot.com, sort of like an online archive, um, you know, curating the appearances of Ragman. Um, and another podcast that's on its way back, but I'm not going to give a date for because I don't – it's in the plans. It will happen next year. I just don't have a definitive month yet. Uh, something Ben has been on. Oh, really? Yes. So it's uh, okay. All right. Go ahead. Uh, it, uh, the Action Comics Weekly podcast uh, will be making its return in 2019. Uh, I've been telling, dropping hints here and there that I've been making show notes and and doing things like that. But quite honestly, when I first started that show, the way in which I was recording it and how I was putting it together, and then the release schedule idea following all of that work was just untenable. Uh, so it's going to be a much less often show, but I it's something I, I was really enjoying. A lot of people were really enjoying. The people I was talking to on the show, I really enjoyed talking to, and I just don't want to let it go. So if that only means maybe four or five episodes come out a year, so be it. I just don't want to let it go. Um, but, uh, action comics weekly will be coming back in which every episode you review one issue of action comics weekly and, uh, you know, different hosts on to talk about each segment of the comic. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. It's coming back. Uh, so clear six. your schedule, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it sounds like I won't have to clear it too much then. I, <laughs> no, yeah. no, you won't. Yeah. Just, just every and and given how we record, it's usually just in clumps, anyway. So you, you know, uh, I have not read past where we left off. That's totally fine. Yeah. You know, I, I'll tell you just for for you and me, our segment was one of my favorites because Secret Six was nothing I was ever exposed to, but I enjoyed the story we were reading so much. So I went back and got the first appearance of the Secret Six. Me too. I uh, I got the actually the 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 full run. I think it's like seven comics, but like I could only find issue one and two. But yeah, I, I, I found I, a run. I'll, well, I'll have to send you some so you can oh, okay. read them because I I believe I have not read all six or seven, but I yeah it 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 it, it ties in directly to um the new stuff from in the eighties <laughs> new stuff but, um, <laughs> yeah. It, it does it, and it's it's interesting like oh, it, there's references here and there's talk of a secret six tv show right there is yeah, uh, yeah. but that that's obviously like the 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 more suicide squatty version you know the, oh, the modern okay. the, the yeah, new, the, yeah the yeah the modern version the, the what was fun about the old ones was just like random people and it wasn't just like Catman yeah, <laughs> or yeah. something you know these were just random people off the street, seemingly that were part of the Secret Six. Because we talked about how the Secret Six would make a great, you know, eighties uh, oh, primetime yeah. TV show. You know, uh, like a like a less funny A team. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> more or, serious. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, but uh, you know, season two we got more goofy because because yeah. you got to keep those viewers coming back, and <laughs> yeah, so 
Hey. But yeah, so yeah, uh, the Lantern <laughs> Cast, uh, the Ragman Bog, these sort of souls, and uh, the Action Comics Weekly podcast. Those are the three spots uh, to find me. Well, hey, thank you so much for joining me and talking about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And uh, we'll probably do a post-credit in an upcoming episode after if, if Stuart or Samantha gets a chance to see it. We'll we'll get their thoughts on it in a, in a post-credit kind of thing. But um, post-credit for this episode is going to be briefly me talking about Aquaman because I saw that. Ooh. I saw it yesterday. And, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I'm not going to say anything more. I'm not going to spoil it. But uh, I'll, I'll talk just a little bit about, um, again, uh, the idea of who do we recommend it for? You know, who's going to like Aquaman? I don't so. know, Ben. That set- setup sounds a little fishy. On that note, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And have a, have a Merry Christmas. And until next time, you can trust me when I say, I just washed my hands. That's why they're wet. No other reason. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcome to level seven or connect with us on Twitter where we're level seven pod. And remember the seven is spelled out. Our theme music is the light fantastic by JS Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to level seven is a proud member of the noodle mix network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think laugh and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening. Okay, here's my quickie, quickie thoughts on Aquaman the movie. Um, Go see it. It's good. It's fun. You want to see it. It's the Aquaman movie you've been waiting for if you've been waiting for an Aquaman movie. Uh, could it be better? Yes. It could be a lot better in a lot of different ways, but could it be worse? It could be so, so much worse. And is it one of the best of the DC movies? It is. It is way up there. Uh, it's very, very good. Um, I did have some issues with lots of different parts about it. Uh, you can hear my full thoughts on Strangers and Aliens at strangersandaliens.com, where you can uh, listen to the episode I did with Evan, uh, where we did the the road trip format of episode. But um, my my quickie thoughts are, you know, if you like fun movies with people that you, I mean, every one of the characters were were great. They were the the actor inhabited the role and uh jason momoa he's wonderful and it's beautiful there's some beautiful moments that are that are frame worthy um if you could frame you know two minutes of a sequence or you know which so anyway uh it's not mcu not mcu adjacent not getting its own episode but it is getting this post credit right here so that is my quickie quickie thoughts on aquaman um not perfect, possibly not great, but very, very good. I enjoyed myself, and I, I will watch it again. So that's all. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. Peace. Peace out later. Bye.